<clears throat> Imagine, if you would, a world full of ghosts, demons, witchcraft, and zombies. This is a world fictitious to most, but for those with open eyes, it's the truth. Welcome to the B-Team Podcast and our spooky Halloween topics. Music time. Yeah, yeah it's spooky. Fun. The Bible has read stories about spooky things. Yeah. It's Halloween. Let's go! Yeah. And music is over. Oh. Welcome to Spooktober, everybody. It's Halloween month. It is. Jeez. Oh, Jeez. wait, wait, wait. There's a calendar actually in the room where we keep all of our podcast things, and it's time to flip it to October. Yeah. Should I just rip it? Yeah. Yep. If it rips. Yeah. Or rip. just pin it with the tack that I stabbed into the air. Okay. That also works. That's all. Yeah! Yeah! Uh, so Woo! We're gonna get our security deposit back! We've got, we got pumpkins on the porch and we're ready to fight. We yeah. should get our security deposit back if the house is haunted. That's true. <laughs> we can Fair. talk about that later on. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually the whole thing. Before. Yeah. <laughs> we have to do an welcome to October month, month of, month of spookiness. We've got a, a whole month planned. For spooky topics coming at you every Friday if everything goes according to plan, but don't quote me on that. Yes. Don't ask me what they are because I have no idea. We'll, we'll don't ask that. Jonathan what they are. <laughs> the rest of us have a vague understanding of what's going on. <laughs> it's okay. We'll fill it. So, before everything, check in. Check in. Super quick check in. Speed round. Go. Good. Good job, Beckett. Uh, anything happening cool? <laughs> anything? No? no? Okay. Beckett's doing good. Johan? I got an 88 on four tests, and I'm Yo. doing good. Nice! <laughs> Consistency, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah! Catherine? Um, I studied my coffee-making uh, recipe card yesterday. They're like flashcards. I have to memorize all the recipes for the drinks. And I got the I almost got them all right with minimal help. So nice. I'm basically a pro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of very stuff over here. Yeah. We're gonna have to like pay you to make our coffee now. Is that yes, what we're That is oh, what that means. Dang it. That's why I make the coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Free coffee. Yeah. yeah. Except we still buy it. Right. Well what? okay. Drink the coffee. Yeah. Right. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think I have any check-ins. I'm finishing some of my classes. They're doing pretty good. I'm working. That's going pretty good. I don't think I have anything huge to report that I can think of. So we'll get back to that if there isn't. But let's get into our our the reason you're here. The reason you come to You almost said our regularly scheduled program. Yeah, I almost and then you were it, like, we don't have that. that. <laughs> so let's get to it. No, no, no. So, what are we talking about today, folks? We're talking about things in the Bible. Woo! Woo! Oh. <laughs> more so, specifically. <laughs> more specifically, um, monsters in the Bible is my subject. I have demons. 
But he's talking about demons. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have demons, at least I hope not. Yeah, I'm, and I'm speaking <clears throat> on the subject of witchcraft and sorcery. Zombies, baby. Yeah. So, we we all help with youth group at church, and last year, Johan sadly was not involved quite yet, but last year around Halloween time. Halloween month. Halloween month. Mm-hmm. We each took a turn doing a lesson about each of these topics for a youth group. So we've compiled our notes once again, and Johan is coming coming at you with a fresh new topic mm. and some words to go with it. Mm. And we're gonna very wow. quickly rush you through all of our topics. No, right. no, it's not we a rush. Explain to you each of our lessons, maybe a at a different depth than last year because I had to redo all of my research just to find my original page still saved. So <laughs> things might be a little different depth. Yeah, if any of our youth kids are listening, I'm so, sorry, I can't do the epic opening I did last time. I'll get to that in my part. But yeah, Beckett, yeah, I think cool. it's you. I'll start us off with monsters. So we're going to talk about four different monsters. We're going to talk about in order of interest to me um because i am the one giving the lesson the first of which is going to be giants the second of which is going to be dragons the third of which is going to be behemoth and the last of which is going to going to be leviathan um and so let's start us off with giants giants are talked about a bit in genesis with the nephilim and jonathan will get more into that in a bit but giants are really popularized so to speak i guess with the story of David and Goliath, right? Goliath is nine feet tall. He carries a spear that's 15 pounds, which if you guys understand how weapons craft works, 15 pound spears are stupid heavy. Like, no one would ever use a 15 pound spear for any reason, except for Goliath, because he's so freaking large that it doesn't matter anymore. It's the weight of an Olympic, like, shot put. Breast, not, uh, what do you call it? Uh, uh, Javelin. No, the this mm-hmm. thing. I'm oh, the bench press. That's it. The the light bench press bars. Yeah, are fifteen pounds. Yeah. Which I tried to swing one of those around once because I was like, oh, it's only fifteen pounds. I can curl it. It doesn't work. As soon as the weight goes to the end of an object, it immediately stops functioning. So like, fifteen pound spears where like thirteen of the pounds are at the end of it. Not a good plan. Not to mention the spear is so large that none of us could wrap a hand around it. Like, we can maybe palm the handle like a basketball if we had that physical strength. Um, so Goliath is huge, right? And he's talked about as a giant. And um, they talk a bit about one of the tribes being largely consisting of giants, such as King Og of Bashan, whose bed was like 13 cubits long, which is about 13 feet. Um, and they had to have iron bedposts, because that was the only thing that could support his weight. And so giants are probably the most common monster in the Bible. Um, monster in quotation marks, because they are functioning just like people, essentially. But giants are really common. There's a lot of stuff to research on them. Yeah. Number two is the dragons. Now, there's one dragon actively mentioned in the Bible, and one mentioned in the apocryphal books. So, the dragon mentioned in the Bible is in Revelation. Um, and this dragon comes out before the beast and 
kills a bunch of people and is generally evil and goes toe-to-toe with Michael and his angels, and then Michael slays it, and then Jesus comes in. And so this dragon is kind of doomed to fail, because that's kind of the point. Um, but then the other dragon, which is um, discussed almost less in a theological sense, if that makes sense, because the death dragon in Revelation is potentially physical, but definitely symbolical or symbolic. Like whether or not it's distinctly real or not, there's a lot of symbolism to it. Whereas the dragon in Bell and the Dragon in the Apocrypha is just, it's a dragon. And so people are worshipping it because they're like, it's a dragon. That's what we do. And Daniel's like, no, I don't think so. And so Daniel's like, okay, I'm going to go kill the dragon. Everyone's like, what? You can't do that. You're not a warrior. You're a wise guy. He's like, God, help me defeat this dragon. And God's like, essentially, God tells him to make a bomb. Um, And so he makes a bomb and covers it in honey and feeds it to the dragon. And then the dragon explodes. Because he lights the bomb with his flame breath. And boom. So dragons are pretty whack. Um, Next, going on to Behemoth. Behemoth is one of the two um, beasties discussed in Job. And so Behemoth is this large, like, incredibly tough beast. It's got two, like, it's got legs like bronze, bones like iron. This thing is just a walking tank. But it eats vegetables. It, when it, like, lays in the water, the animals don't flee from it. They still play in the hills. Um, even though this thing is one of the, like, God says, no man can kill it. But it's peaceful, at least from what Job implies. Um, for the mountain yield, mountains yield food for him where all the wild beasts play. Under the lotus plant he lies in the shelter of the reeds and the marsh. Um, so, then we get to his antithesis. If he is powerful and peaceful, there's also power and destruction, which comes in Leviathan. And Leviathan is one of the most described monsters in the Bible. God goes on for an entire chapter on this guy. Um, and he's also mentioned a couple other places. But Leviathan, the way I describe it, essentially it's Godzilla. Um, it breathes fire. When it sneezes, blue flashes out. It's covered in all these scales, which are impenetrable. Um, he talks about spears just snapping on it. Nothing can do anything to this guy except God, right? And that's his whole point. But Leviathan is clearly discussed as one of the most dangerous things. Around his teeth is terror. His back is made of rows of shields, shut up closely as with a seal. One is so near to another that no air can come between them. Out of his mouth go flaming torches, sparks of fire leap forth. Out of his nostrils come forth smoke as a boiling pot and burning rushes. His breath kindles coals, and a flame comes forth from his mouth. So... Now, that's, he counts iron as straw and bronze as rotten wood. He laughs at the rattle of javelins. So yeah, that's the monsters, giants. 
like Goliath. Dragons, like the dragon in Revelation. Behemoth, as mentioned in Job. And Leviathan, as also mentioned in Job. Very, very good. Well, I suppose now we're on to the demons. Sure. Which, you know, to start with, you know, it's, in Genesis it talks about God made uh, the world, you know, seven days, right? Rest, six days, rest on the seventh. Mm-hmm. Uh, and people, many people theorize that he made angels on the second day with the heavens and the stars, uh, which kind of makes sense if when they start calling Lucifer one of the head angels in this story that fell, the morning star, right? Uh, So there is God, then there's the angels that he made. We know that there are many angels. There are several different types of angels that are talked about in the Bible. Uh, Cherubim and seraphim are the two main ones we hear about that are in heaven and with God. Uh, But then... There are the Watchers, uh, and we do know that there are at least some Watchers. And when you get to Genesis 6, uh, you start talking about the Watchers are watching over humanity, and some of them are looking at, you know, the human women and being like, wow, those kind, those are kind of attractive. So they go and have kids with them, right? And that's where you get these things called the Nephilim. And this is where things get a little strange, and they start being diverging right here. The Watchers start doing a little more than watching. That's for sure. Uh, So, the Nephilim, uh, they're described as giants. You know, it's where, like, the ancestors of, like, um, I don't even remember his name, Goliath. There you go. Uh, Come from... And they, they come and they do other things. They go go on to other tribes and stuff like that. We'll get there. <clears throat> so the Nephilim are one of the theories of how the how demons work. Because uh, the, there are already fallen angels at this point that God has, you know, like thrown from heaven. Uh, but there are also the Nephilim. Uh, and they, they can influence people. And uh, they are kings on earth and mighty men, right? So the theory there is like, you know, Hercules kind of, kind of abilities. They're powerful. They're big. They're, uh, but then God floods the earth, right? And he imprisons some of these angels in the abyss for later, right? So this is where the theories diverge. Some believe that the watchers are actually the demons that are in, like able to inhabit people and control them, bind them to their will. And some people believe that it's the Nephilim, right? Because the Nephilim aren't quite angelic, but aren't quite also human. So they're kind of just is in between a little bit. That gets that gets weird. Uh, so that's that's one of the theories there. Uh, there are multiple different types of like descriptions of these. Um, We know that the Nephilim are described as giant warriors and are very violent, but we also know that humans are held captive by spiritual evil, which is where you get after the flood, where humanity is starting to build back up, and uh, so they start building the Tower of Babel. Uh, The Bible Project and other sources as well believe that Many of the humans that were building the Tower of Babel were influenced by the demons, trying mm-hmm. to get back to heaven to achieve the glory that they once had. And God says, let's not do that. So he <laughs> scatters them and just uh, disturbs their language into multiple different varieties. Uh, 
one of the things that I thought was interesting was apparently Moses was the first first to call demons lesser spiritual beings in the Bible, which mm-hmm. is kind of cool. Like, he does say that. What's <clears throat> the context? Uh, it's <clears throat> it's uh, they are worshiping like Israel is worshiping quote unquote gods because there are different definitions of gods right so there's elohim which is like god who is god of gods but then there are also the little g gods right which are also are, called elohims right, right. they're also called elohim but, but they're understood as a lesser powered like mm-hmm. being than mm-hmm. god um that the people of israel started worshiping as god which you know you might have heard of the story of the golden calf and you know the the Ten mm-hmm. Commandments and everything like mm-hmm. that. That's that's they were worshiping a little G God in the cow. Vaguely heard of those stories. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> uh, little rappers. Big G, you pray. We always start with your big G. <laughs> so we do. We do know that they are all recognized. Uh, every demon demon recognizes mm-hmm. the authority of Jesus as King mm-hmm. and the Son of Man, which is quite cool and very important when we get into. Uh, Stories like in Matthew, where he sends this one group of demons that inhabits one guy that mm-hmm. is 2,000 demons into a bunch of pigs and sends them off a hill. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Slightly important, right? right. No, he's just doing his casual miracles. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> You've got some time. I know. <laughs> hmm. So... <clears throat> we get into. I want to go to uh, Daniel ten one then because yeah because <clears throat> it talks about uh, in the third year uh, of Cyrus king of Persia the word reveals to Daniel and it goes through the whole story about Daniel uh, being mourning and uh, for three weeks not like he's fasting he's mourning he's mm-hmm. praying to God right. And on the, the, the 24th day, then an angel shows up to him, and it describes the angel having been held up by fighting the king of Persia, which is in many cases what people would describe as a king who has been inhabited by a demon, or possibly a fallen angel, possibly a Nephilim, right? Those are two mm-hmm. diverging theories, mm-hmm. which I think is kind of cool. Uh, personally, I... I'm kind of a fan of like the angels having like spiritual things that they can send forth to inhabit people and influence people, but I'm not sure how much biblical sense that makes, right? Mm-hmm. But also but theatrically, it's so right. cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's like JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. <laughs> my stance is stronger. No, for my stance comes from God. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. All right. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. So the main, the main kind of demon dude that we kind of want to look at is also Satan, right? The that's kind of like the guy that's important in the mm-hmm. Bible. Um. He's the in terms of being bad. <laughs> I was gonna say I think there's a different guy that's in, important. In, in, in terms, but of I'll get to him. The fall of man. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Yeah, he's pretty important <laughs> in the fall of man. He's a key player. Like his whole goal is to corrupt God's creation and to try and make it all bad, 
which is kind of part of the reason that God sends the flood, because he's trying to make them more violent. And there's theories there, too, on, like, the angels have, the, the fallen angels, the demons, have some sort of influence on genetics, which helps the well, theory of the giants and how violent man became afterwards. Yeah. Uh, you know, hence the reason for the flood. Um, Genetic violence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No one's ever heard of that. Generational trauma, anyone? <laughs> That's <laughs> nature. Stop <laughs> <Stuck in> nature. <laughs> uh, we do know that uh, the, the demons, the fallen angels, are also weaker than the angels of God. You know, Michael and Gabriel, who show up. Uh, like, I'm really not certain. One of the things, you, get, you might correct me on this, a few of the things in the Bible, it sounds like Michael kind of just like fights the demons alone and wins. In, in most cases, yeah. Right? He kind of shows He's the archangel of war. Uh, so. in, in the story with the dragon, he fights the dragon with his angels, but the dragon also has angels, which right, we can discuss. Right. He but leads like, the army. Right, but right. he there's a reason he's the leader. Right, but it's like, <laughs> yeah, in some of the stories, it's like Michael is fighting a bunch of demons by himself right. and yeah. doing just fine. And he's like, well, yeah, well, we got this, man. You can also think of it because, like, Lucifer was one of the archangels. He was who led worship in heaven. Right. And when Michael is an archangel, he leads mm-hmm. the other angels in the army. So Michael and Lucifer, have, like, theoretically, would be on the same. "Quote unquote power level, sure. but power of all the lesser angels, right. so he could just wipe yeah. the floor. So sure. but they, they all are so much more. The word we're looking for is shock troops. Like the, the angels <laughs> do the fighting, and then they're like, we can't break the line. And Michael's like, all right, stand back. <laughs> and also, while they're at the same power level, Lucifer was the angel of worship. Michael's the angel of war <laughs> on purpose or battle." <clears throat> Which is why they would have different abilities. Like Michael is good at fighting, Lucifer is good at persuading and causing influence. Which is why when they start fighting, Michael, mm-hmm. yeah, it's problematic for Satan. Which is a good thing. We're right. of that. Right. We're we enjoy else. that. Well, well, I have so many thoughts. That's on this one of my favorite day. things I found in the past couple of weeks. Is just, and this is going to be the end of it because those are most of the theories. Okay, is. There's a, a reel that I sent to Chris that's basically like the ultimate insult to Satan is God letting Satan exist because it's basically God looking at Satan and going, you are insignificant in so much that I can let you exist and it doesn't matter. Because <laughs> God can just, like, he can just get, get roasted Satan. Satan. But the fact that he lets Satan exist just <laughs> tells him that God is not threatened by him in this place. I like that idea with letting Satan back out of prison. He's like, no, go ahead, try again, try again. You were like, oh, I did such a good job. Try again. See what happens. <laughs> Test <Another> me times. <laughs> <laughs> just in case you thought the first time was like a several thousand year long fluke. <laughs> so, going out of that, there's a number of theories that are very interesting. We'll have to talk about more outside yes. the podcast. But, uh, like he said, there are theories of uh, demonic influence on people, and part of that sort of plays into my topic, which is dark arts and sorcery. So, uh, we're not talking black hats and voodoo dolls, though voodoo, oh, do- come voodoo on, dolls man. are a thing. Yeah. But uh, in 
several examples in the Bible there are references to meetings and other uh, sorcerer individuals in dark arts. Uh, so that's sort of magic and those dark arts are referenced several times. I just said the same sentence, but like backwards. Yeah, so, it was. <laughs> yeah. So in Deuteronomy, it's in a holy God said to the Israelites, this is Deuteronomy 18, 9-12, and I'll just read it for you. It says, When you enter the land that the Lord your God has given you, do not learn to imitate the detestable ways of the nations there. Let no one be found among you who sacrifices their son or daughter in the fire, who practices divination or sorcery, interprets omens, engages in witchcraft or cast spells, or who is a medium or spiritist who consults with the dead. Anyone who does these things is detestable to the Lord. So, since God addressed it in such like specific ways here, <laughs> you can see that it's not just just smoke and mirrors. There are people who are actually doing what a lot of the time in the Old Testament would be considered wonders or referred to as wonders. A lot of the time mm -hmm. in the Old Testament, what we would call miracles are referred to as wonders. And that specific comparison between the man-made or demonically influenced wonders and divinely influenced wonders comes in the story of Moses going back to Egypt. So, when Moses goes back to Egypt, God is like, hey, go let my people go. And he's like, I, I, I can't do it. And he's <laughs> like, man up, go do your job, sir. I'm sending you. You will be able to do wonders and show them that I sent you. He's like, okay, boss. And so then he goes to Egypt. And he's like, yo, Pharaoh, my dude, let my people go. And he's like, Shh, in your dreams. And so he's like, okay, but Yahweh said, and he's like, but dad said, let my people go. He's like, who's dad? He's like, it's Yahweh. Look at this. My staff is now a snake. He's like, whoa, I can do that too. He's like, what? <laughs> so then Pharaoh summons two magicians. Named, I think their names were Janice and... Janice? <laughs> Janice and Jeff oh, or something. my. Hold on. Cool. Let me look it up. It's Chandler Bing. Yes. Oh, it's probably said Moses. Sorry. It's just too good. Okay. In English, it's spelled J A N N E S. Sorry. Janice. It's Giannis and Yambris. Okay. Are the two magicians who Pharaoh summons? So, Moses. Oh my God! <laughs> not Moses. <laughs> not in the joking storytelling. Mm -hmm. Moses walks into Pharaoh's court. He says, "The God of the Israelites says, release the people." And mm -hmm. Pharaoh says, "Absolutely not. They're building pyramids and crap." And so then Moses says, "I'll show you the power of." my God who commands you to release the Israelites and turns a staff, a walking stick, into a serpent. Then Pharaoh calls his magicians and they're able to replicate that wonder. They turn their staffs into snakes. 
But then Moses' snake eats the other ones, so it's like, you already know who's going to win. But that's not the only time the Pharaoh's magicians were able to replicate the wonders that he was able to do. There were two other occasions where the magicians were able to replicate Moses' wonder. One of them was turning water to blood. Uh, when the Nile and all the water in Egypt turned to blood, I don't know where they got the water to replicate it, because everything is already blood. Oh, I like it is water we did Was that already blood? I'm also thinking no. it's not that hard. Just like, what you know, right hurt? over the water, and then boom, you got yourself some blood. Anyways. You know, <laughs> there's a possibility that they're just really good at tricking people, Yeah, but it says specifically mm-hmm. not that they were able to re- not that they were able to make it seem like they were able to. It says mm-hmm. replicate. Yeah. So he was able. They were able to turn water to blood, mm-hmm. and they were also able to replicate the frogs to a smaller extent. Which, in all honesty, if there's a plague of frogs, why would you make more frogs? <laughs> I don't know. If he was like, really gonna show like, this guy up. I don't Extra know. Frogs. I don't know if they like pulled a toad out of a hat or like. <laughs> To the extent they replicated it, but it says that they were able to replicate that trick. So, like, their problem was too mm-hmm. many frogs, so they were like, you know what? I'll show him. Boom! I'll make Whoa. it work. <laughs> so, like, a like, Jurassic Park frogs. situation on their hands now. <laughs> but, so, this so, is you know, one of the biggest examples <laughs> of sorcery being used actively in the Old Testament. The kind of magic that the Egyptians would have used is called Heka. A lot of it, or at least in English, it's spelled like H-E-K-A. I don't know how you would pronounce it, because I couldn't find that, because, you know, Egyptian. So, ancient Egyptian is slightly different than modern English, so I don't know about pronunciations. But, uh, that's one of them. The other biggest one that is referenced often is Saul. So, Saul was the first king of the Israelites in the Old Testament, and he, there is a prophet who helped like guide him often, and his name was Samuel. Samuel died, rip, rest in peace. But after after some a series of unfortunate events, Saul went to a medium and asked her to conjure up the soul of. Samuel, so he could ask him for advice. So, this is after God told all the Israelites to, like, kill all of the magic people. But Saul was like, what if I just put them in my back pocket for when you don't list, you don't answer my questions anymore? So instead of killing all of them like God had commanded him to, he sent them out of the country to the surrounding countries. So then, so I was like, hey, God, what should I do about this whole Philistine problem? And God was like, "I'm we're not talking right now, so you need to go to the court. And then he was like, no, I'm going to go to my witch friend and ask them for help instead. So Saul went, found a medium, and she knew what was up. She was like, he was like, hey, can you conjure up a soul? And she was like, this is a trap, right? If I do this, you're going to kill me, right? And he's like, no, 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 we're totally buds right now. For like the next 15 minutes, we're best friends. And so then God allowed the medium to conjure up the soul of Samuel. 
it's important to note that it says God allowed it to work. So yeah. there are other instances where like magic and such is used, but this one specifies God allowed it to work. Because we know where like the souls in the Old Testament go to show when they pass on. So like who is a human to pull a soul out of Sheol? We don't have that kind of power. So God allowed her power to extend into Sheol and pull him out so that he can sort of tell Saul to shape up. <laughs> but my favorite lecture. It's not Testament. just in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, there's also magic. There is a man named Simon who was who practiced sorcery in Acts. When is it? It's Acts nineteen? Act eight. Eight. Yes. Yes. See, Cage just knows it. So there was a man named Simon who practiced magic in the cities and amazed people of Samaria, saying that he was awesome. <laughs> but then, when uh, Philip preached the good news of Jesus and started baptizing people, even Simon turned from his ways and started following Jesus. And there's another example in that is in Acts 19. Where it mentions there are many people who practiced magic arts and they all burnt their books because they wanted to turn to God instead. There's, but back with Simon, uh, when the people had come and started like sharing God's word with them, and he was like, "Hey, how can I get that kind of magic to cast out demons and heal people and do all this stuff?" They're like, you You can't buy it from us. We're not selling you our magic because it's not ours to give. This is the power of God bestowed on us to help other people. And so then he turned from his ways, his dark arts, because he could clearly see that God's power was stronger than his or any that he could get through other means. So that whole thing is saved. There's absolutely dark arts and magic and that sort of stuff in our world, and it's still actively practiced in some places anymore. But, even like looking at all that, and looking through all of history, you can clearly see whose power is better. So, if you're going to have one kind of... If, you're, if you want magic or wonders, go with wonders, for sure. Yay God. Yay God. Yes. The <gasps> moment I had at the beginning of that was um, God made Moses' snaff into a snake and it ate the other two snakes that were made, right? So, like, Satan and the dragon, are they the same or are they two separate snakes that God destroys both of? They're, they're two separate snakes. So, God does eat both of them. It's <laughs> foreshadowing. What? And I was like, <gasps> Okay. <laughs> the face he made when he just said that was yeah. the best. About as good as the time that I realized that cat was short for Katie. <laughs> That's a story for another day, but I love that story so much. Oh my gosh. Okay. Now it is on to me. They have called upon the powers of the cat <laughs> to <laughs> finish out this talk in an also spooky but upbeat sort of way because mine has a 
the best ending in the world, basically. Ooh, ouch! Yeah, <laughs> I was like, kind of down and like, it sucks. Like, yeah. you're gonna die. Jesus yeah. is gonna win. Sin and die. death run rampant. <laughs> like, you can get inhabited by these dudes. That's not okay. Yes. You can get inhabited by the bison and that he eats you, and I guess you would have him. <laughs> <laughs> now that, I like. <laughs> so weird. Okay. Anyway. So... My topic is, of course, zombies, and this is actually basically the only kind of spooky thing that I'm, I have, like, a basic interest in. I watch a lot of zombie shows and stuff, so I'm excited about this, and I do apologize because I can't do the awesome introduction I did when I gave this lesson to the youth kids. (laughs) When I gave this lesson to the youth kids, I opened up by making them watch the first two minutes of the music video Thriller. (laughs) (laughs) And I really podcast. scarred my knees. <laughs> yes, please do because I need you. And it's before the singing starts. It's like when all the zombies are clawing their way out of the ground. That's just quality. Um, but anyways, so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna jump right in. There are several instances in the Bible of the resurrection of the dead, which. I, I can't, I don't really have like exact zombies up in here, but I've got resurrection of the dead. So I'm going to read um, from Ezekiel 37 and I'm reading out of the good news translation because it's easier to like tell a story in. So starting in verse one, I felt the powerful presence of the Lord and his spirit took me and sent me down in the valley where the ground was covered with bones. He led me all around the valley and I could I could see that there were many bones and that they were very dry. He said to me, mortal man, can those bones come back to life? I replied, sovereign Lord, only you can answer that. (laughs) Smart man. (laughs) He said, prophesy to the bones. Tell these dry bones to listen to the word of the Lord. Tell them that I, the sovereign Lord, am saying to them, I'm going to put breath into you and bring you back to life. I will give you sinews and muscles and cover you with skin. I will put breath into you and bring you back to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I had been told. While I was speaking, I heard a rattling noise, and the bones began to join together. While I watched, the bones were covered with sinews and muscles, and then with skin, but there was no breath in the bodies. God said to me, Mortal man, prophesy to the wind. Tell the wind that the sovereign Lord commands it to come from every direction, to breathe into these dead bodies, and to bring them back to life. So I prophesied as I had been told. Breath entered the bodies, and they came to life and stood up. There was enough of them to form an army. <gasps> the walking dead. Enough to form an army or an army that had been raised? An army of dead. It was, I think it was an army that had been slain and then God raised them up. So it was already an army. I hate it when I get slain. It's a rough <laughs> Right? I'm actually going to get into that. But. When we say yeah. rattling sounds, we're talking like like a rattle like a baby's rat or like rattle like Minecraft skeleton. <laughs> I I would imagine that it was very loud because an army in that time was like tens of thousands of soldiers like just like chilling. Oh, gotcha. Multiple. Yeah, skeletons. I I feel like it was probably quite loud <laughs> in that valley, and that's a freaking valley. So like you just got echoing everywhere. Like I feel like yeah, I wouldn't be able to hear God over. It would be rattling. I'd be like, Lord, can you speak up a little bit? It's kind of loud in here. Louder. <laughs> yeah, just like there's gonna be like three thousand years, one thousand years. Like 
the, the people in the next town over. I can't hear me own bones. <laughs> me own bones. Yeah, I think it's my arthritis. No, it's louder than your arthritis because I can hear it. <laughs> anyway, anyway. Um. Yeah. So that is actually one of the, and I'm. I don't know exactly because Old Testament chronology is impossible. finding stuff in chronological order is very hard but this is like the main instance we get of like a major group resurrection from the lord there's other instances of like single raisings from the dead especially in the new testament jesus does a couple miracles like that with lazarus and with the centurion's daughter um but obviously it's not quite what you could call zombies because um, it says that the bodies were raised and there was no breath. And then God kind of has Ezekiel do this extra step to bring breath into the bodies because in the Bible, breath is usually very symbolic of like life because in Genesis, when God creates man, the part where man like becomes adamant is when God breathes life into them and he gives his breath of life. Um, so the breath is very important to distinguish like walking corpses from a living like creature. Um, so that is the old Testament scripture I have. I also have a new Testament scripture and I actually didn't even think of this till I was sitting down, but there's some major like crossovers in Kind of just as you listen to these, this is going to sound really similar to the previous passage I read, except that it's talking about something like kind of different. It's confusing. I'll explain. So 1 Corinthians 15, of course. I'm sorry, Zach. I'm bringing it up for you. You can come on and fix me later. Okay. So now, since our message is that Christ has been raised from death, How can some of you say that the dead will not be raised to life? If that is true, it means that Christ has not raised. And if Christ has not been raised from death, then we have nothing to preach and you have nothing to believe. More than that, we are shown to be lying about God because we said that he raised Christ from death. But if it's true that the dead are not raised to life, then he did not raise Christ. For if the dead were not raised, neither has Christ been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is a delusion and you are still lost in your sins. It would also mean that the believers in Christ who have died are lost. If our hope in Christ is good for this life only and no more, then we deserve more pity than anyone else in all the world. So that's pretty intense. And it goes on. It gets into like some really intense stuff. Um, But later on, it talks about the resurrection body and like the fact that there is going to be the end of days an actual physical resurrection of all those who are in christ and it talks about him being the first fruits of those who have been raised from the dead because obviously he kind of performed like the best raising of the dead in that he did it to himself uh no one else was there to perform the miracle or prophesy over him like he did it a real power move from the lord (laughs) so (laughs) it's pretty awesome but when you look at it and kind of compare it to the passage in ezekiel i think it's really awesome because um this the section i read he's talking to the corinthians as if they are already dead um and in ezekiel we obviously see that soldiers are actually physically dead and they 
are just bones and they get their bodies remade and they get the breath of life thrown back into them. But in this passage in Corinthians, Paul is talking directly to people who are, who have the breath of life in them, right? They are physical bodies that are alive. But what he's expressing to them is so much more important than their physical life. He's talking about them spiritually. And he's saying that if it's not true that Christ is raised from the dead, then you're no better than being dead anyway, because that is everything that we have our hope in. And that hope that we have in the fact that it's true that Christ was raised from the dead helps us understand that in the end, there will be an actual physical raising of the dead of all those who are in Christ. In our life on earth, while we have the breath of life, we have the chance to be given true life through him. And in the end, after we have passed or fallen asleep, as these passages often say, he will actually bring our bodies back and he will put the breath of life into us. And it will be a much better body than we had before, which can't really say that for zombies. I don't know. You watch the thriller video and tell me. (laughs) Um, But, you know, it does say that when Jesus raised from the dead, he still had the holes in his hands and his feet. And in his side. Um, I'm still going to have a bunch of crooked fingers. <laughs> well, I don't know. We'll see what Jesus decides to do with all of that. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. Basically, we have zombies, but they're a lot cooler. <laughs> so, that's all I got to say. Woo! Woo! Yeah. Woo! All right. Good, good work, everyone. Yeah. yeah. Next, what's the what's the topic for next? Yeah, next week. Oh, uh, we have it written down. Wait, is horror media. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. About horror movies. Yes. And horror games and some really good books. Yeah. That you should come up with either. something. Yeah. <gasps> yes. <laughs> um, maybe not all horror. Some of it might just be spooky. Yeah. Like, like spooky horror. Yeah. Not even like spooky, but like comedy Halloween. Yes. Is also- Basically, we're just going to talk about Halloween, spooky, horror, anything Halloween that exists. Halloween and why Halloween was largely popularized by the pervasive use of monster movies and horror genre, as well as comedy yes. based off of those. That's what Beckett will talk about. Yeah. I'm going to talk about Scooby-Doo. <laughs> I'm going to talk about... <laughs> I'm going to talk about Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which is the only reason shows are <laughs> supernatural pieces. Hey! You know it's true. No. <laughs> we'll get into that next week. We'll get into it once the microphone turns off. <laughs> oh, he'd be cracking. Me, lad. <laughs> right. We need to go so I can fight back. <laughs> uh, everyone, yeah. uh, good, good job, team. Good, good job, team. Good. So now I hope that you all have some new knowledge about. Don't do witchcraft. I don't know, Halloween month, yeah. Don't, don't do witchcraft. Don't buy with Just beans. stay away from it. But also, don't kill people who do witchcraft. Yeah. I want to make it clear that we don't advocate we don't, for that. No, 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 we don't do that here. <laughs> we don't do that here. We save that for the Lord. <laughs> so, yeah. So, everyone, have a wonderful day. We will not see, We don't see you. You'll yeah. hear us next week. <laughs> That's kind of <laughs> weird. I don't really like that. You'll be hearing from us. We'll be and in your ear holes later. <laughs> I like that even less than the last one. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, All right. We'll... <laughs>
There'll be another episode next week where we'll talk about fun things. Hope you enjoyed. Have yes. a wonderful week. God bless you. Yes. Keep you and all that good jazz. Make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May Live the Lord his countenance turn his face upon, upon you and give, give you peace. 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 Amen. Sweet. Okay. Bye. Happy Bye. Halloween month. Bye. Bye. Bye.